Oh my goodness. Samantha, do you know what time it is? <gasps> what time is it? It's time for Perhaps It's You. Everyone's favorite Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. That still exists. It does still exist. And it's still unofficial. And it's still not a news broadcast. It's Perhaps It's You. That's I'm us. Liz. I'm Samantha. And we had a little unexpected hiatus. More, than, it, it was a large unexpected hiatus, probably. I think, I think the last time we recorded was in May. So that's like two months ago. Honestly, two months is not that long to to take a people do that you, you on, know a, you're so on, a, right. on a regular basis you're right i mean i suppose we did so without announcement and <laughs> we then... just like dropped off the air to the point where people were i mean granted a, a it took a while for someone to finally be like is this podcast ending <laughs> because lots of, okay to be fair lots of podcasts just like fizzle just, out yeah you never you never hear from them again and somehow we're we are still chugging along but it is not unreasonable to be like wow i wonder if that was the last episode and they'll never really say goodbye and that's just it <laughs> no we're back we just you know life happened it's it's funny to me it's not funny but it's it's weird to me that 2020 was horrible in a lot of ways but it didn't interrupt our podcasting that much surprisingly and then 2021 came around and it was life was like bam. i don't know who put a hex on samantha i'm here to say i don't think she deserved it thank you i, th- I think thank that you. and if you think she did maybe she learned her lesson and you could unlift the hex now if you yeah, that'd be great <laughs> if someone is out there hexing me please stop if you wrote Samantha's name on a piece of paper and then you put that in some water and you froze it into ice and that's in your freezer right now, could you unfreeze that, please? <laughs> I'm so, begging you. So that Samantha could get on with her life because, yeah, it's just, it's been, just been coming for you. Yeah, 2021 came for me hard and we're halfway through the year now and I'm really hoping the worst of 2021 (laughs) is over. Um, Everything's fine, like nothing catastrophic happened, but my life has been interrupted (laughs) by a few different things this year so far Um, and I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to start podcasting again. (laughs) You've had some some emergencies. Yeah. You've lived to tell the tale, but... Yeah, but it's been a not the summer I would have chosen. Uh, but we're you know it's July, it's a new month, um, and mm-hmm. we're we're here to talk about a shitty episode of Unsolved Mysteries. So in a lot of ways, life is returning back to normal. Life is normal. Yeah, the thing is, okay. So I took notes on this episode before we stopped recording, thinking that we were going to record it right. And then I completely forgot that we had not already recorded this episode, and I was just moving on to the next episode. So I was like, Samantha, this episode's great. This is a great episode for us to come back on. You're going to love it. You're so jealous of my first segment, blah, blah, blah. And then Samantha was like, I am? Because this episode sucks. And then I was like, oh, yeah, we never really did 16. Yeah, Liz teased me, saying this was the great episode to make our big return. And I was going to be so envious of her first segment and then i started watching the first segment and i was so confused i i paused my my youtube app multiple times to double check what episode i was on i went back in our podcasting feed to make sure i didn't like accidentally skip one 
I was just- finally had to be like, Liz, what are you talking about? I'm so bored. I might die. Yeah, didn't you know that during our hiatus, I got really into French miracles? <laughs> That's a new, like, fun thing about me. Yeah, well, I just, look, I, I pulled out my notebook. It took me a little while to find, and that alone made me, like, ready to quit podcasting because I was like, this is annoying. I'm done. But when I found it, I was like, okay, here's my notes for episode 16. Uh, Samantha started. All right, so we could just go on to episode 17. And it did not occur to me that we had never actually, you know, recorded this. Mm-hmm. Minor detail. So the good news is, is that our next episode is going to be great. It's going to be The lit. bad news is, is that this episode's going to fucking suck. Oh, yes. It sucks. I have a couple updates to start us off with. One is that um, during the hiatus, I saw my parents for the first time in a long time. And they expressed to me that they perhaps were... Um, I've, I got the sense that... Maybe they didn't like me dragging them for letting me watch Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> as a small child. We started. Is this the first time they're bringing this up? We did that. I feel like in episode one, they did. They did mention it. So I just want to. I just want to say that's not a direct like criticism of their parenting. That was totally norm for the time. Nobody questioned that the whole family together would watch Unsolved Mysteries. You know, it was on prime time. It was not considered, like, you know, foreboding for children. Children just watched more things that were intended for adults. If it makes your parents feel better, when I was a child, I watched Maury. Uh, <laughs> I watched the Montel Williams show, which was my favorite. I watched Dr. Phil. Um, I watched every, like, History Channel alien abduction. I don't even know any, like, specific <laughs> titles, but I watched enough that this is a vivid memory for me. I watched alien abduction documentaries on the History Channel and then was terrified that I was going to be abducted by an alien. <laughs> oh, well, you were. Oh, yeah. like, I, would, I wouldn't be able to sleep. There was nights where I couldn't sleep because I was just kind of, like, looking out my window expecting to see a bright light and then an alien would come take me away. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you, if that makes your parents feel better. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I'm not sure people, you know, I'm not sure the kids today realize how good they have it, having so much access to entertainment of all types, but also there's a lot more like child specific entertainment than there used to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas children of the eighties would just watch cheers for some reason <laughs> like that. That definitely, it's like, what there was for me? Nothing. But I still would watch it with my family. My So my mom wanted people to know that she would watch it with me and make sure that I didn't get scared. And she doesn't recall me ever getting scared. And I honestly don't either. And that apparently I usually thought I knew who did it. And that I was not, like, concerned. I would just be like, well, it was the husband. Go arrest that guy. <laughs> mystery solved again like i'm batting a thousand here this doesn't sound like an unsolved mystery unsolved mysteries because i'm pretty sure the husband did it yet again so (laughs) i'm safe and you need to go arrest him how old were you when you were watching unsolved mysteries certain that the husband was the murderer Uh, probably five i don't know (laughs) smart kid i also i cannot tell you how many people have told us that they watched unsolved mysteries as a child usually with their grandparents that seems to be a like oh it's a theme for sure yeah so it's also really... a lot of them have podcasts now so this seems like a direct correlation so it's really the greatest generation i think that maybe we need to blame for mm-hmm. for sitting around knitting and watching 
unsolved mysteries with their children. No, if there's there, the real critique of my parents' um, parenting should be that we didn't have cable, which is just, I mean, is that abuse? It, I'll, I'll leave that up to you to decide. Is a, is a, a life in the, the 90s without MTV, would you consider that abuse? I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> I have a friend, Katie, who is like, I don't know, somehow like not really that cued in to pop culture. So sometimes, you know, like a very famous person's name will come up or a show or whatever, and she'll have no idea what it is. And she's always like, I, I didn't have cable. I don't know. And I'm always like, yeah, Katie, I didn't either. But I still know who the Zodiac killer is. <laughs> And also, that's not a musician. <laughs> like, you should know who the Zodiac Killer is. That is actually one of my favoriteest memories. The time she did not know who the Zodiac Killer was and thought that was a rapper. <laughs> and I laughed so hard that I cried. If the Zodiac Killer wasn't a real killer, that would be a great name for it a is. musician I mean, it's or a, catchy- a band. He did get a catchy name. I'll give him that. Yeah. So it makes it's just a sort of sense. <laughs> It's just that there's an actual body count, which makes it like, like, I was like, no, Katie, you didn't need MTV to know this because he was an actual murderer. (laughs) And this was like before your time. So it's not related to cable. Cable didn't exist yet. But just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious. So my other. Oh, okay. I have two more updates. Another update is that the other night. I was procrastinating on getting up and actually going to bed. And I decided to look to see if we had any new reviews. And I came upon this website I have never heard of in my life called Listen Notes, which is like just information about podcasts. I think you can also listen to podcasts there. I don't know why you would, whatever. But according to this website, which I assume is highly reputable, we are in the top 1.5% of all podcasts. I assume this is 100% accurate. Um, I don't know what metrics they're using. No idea. I, I couldn't find any information. I was like, where is this coming from? But I couldn't find any information about that. So I just have to accept it as fact. Yeah, I see no well, other choice. To. I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of podcasts make one episode and then never record again. And I think all of those are being included. Okay. So I think that's why, like, yeah, maybe technically we are in the 1.5% of podcasts, so, but that's... Folks, you too could make 300 episodes of a podcast <laughs> over, like, five years and be in the the top 1%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they also do something they call a listen score, which I think is out of... Let me see what this number is supposed to be out of. Maybe it's supposed to be out of 100. I'm not sure. But we have a listen score of 44 which is supposed to be the equivalent of a Nielsen rating, but for podcasts. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't sound bad. It doesn't. For our little podcast. I mean, I'm sorry. We're in the top 1.5%. We just need to get to the top one, don't you think? I do. Please. Come on. Then we can, like, put that on a shirt. Yes! Exactly! Like that... Oh, I should make shirts for that time we were, like, the top something podcast in Finland. <laughs> We were the top TV podcast in Finland, I think. Yeah. Not the top, though, like the 17th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. But it was a it was a notable victory, and we should probably add that to our Teespring store. That would be good. 
yeah, was perhaps as you podcast was once the top 17th TV, TV podcast, podcast in Finland. <laughs> Wear it with pride. Yeah, that's really going to get us some more listeners, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then my last, it's more of an announcement, but whatever, is that this podcast is shifting to an every other week affair. I know you've been enjoying your weekly content. Of course you have. It's so good. I mean, when we were releasing podcast episodes <laughs> once a week, which seems like that was a while ago, we were, while consi- ago. we were pretty consistent, especially at the beginning. But it's becoming apparent that that's really not a realistic schedule for us anymore. And we could probably be more consistent if we, if, if we changed to releasing fewer episodes a month, I think. Something strange about the United States is we've never decided what the word bi-weekly means. We've never decided if it means twice a week or every other week. Uh, if we were in the UK, we would say fortnightly. But for some reason, we don't have that expression. But now this podcast will be coming out fortnightly. Yes. Because that just seems more sustainable. Of course, we could always we could always go back. Do I really see that happening? I don't know. I don't. Maybe. In fact, I think at some point we're going to go down to like once a month. Oh, well, <laughs> that yeah, might sure. be. That might be. We're, we're going to try out the every other every other week. And I think it's like I said, I think it's going to allow us to be more consistent in our release schedule because it'll give us a week like buffer. So if we, you know, are going to if we have a vac- one of us has a vacation coming up, we can like use that week off to record an episode like pre-record it basically and then release it the week we're actually gone. So I'm, we're hoping this is going to be a way to deliver you more consistent content versus like, yeah, we just disappear for two months and you're like, is this podcast still a thing? I mean, how is this podcast in the top 1.5% of podcasts? And I'm not even sure if they're still recording, you say. <laughs> well, hopefully this helps. And maybe we could do some more like holiday specials and stuff like we used to. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. This is if, if you have a complaint, if you're like, no, I want it to be weekly, take it up with a hex. If Samantha hadn't been hexed, we wouldn't need to resort to this. We wouldn't be but, in this position if I hadn't been hexed. But now I really I had to talk Samantha into it, but then once I did, I could see the like light in her eyes again and she was like, Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Every other week. That's what I need to keep going. Yeah, this will be good. So yeah. Okay, so today, though, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 16, which you can find on the old YouTubes, um, since I don't really recommend watching it on Amazon. Not unless you love it. <laughs> which, I mean, I once had a teacher who collected ads, like, on VHS tapes. What? Did they Just watch them? That? Yeah, yeah. That's I guess they brought some in the class once to show us. I mean, think about what I just said. <laughs> they collected ads on videotapes. That question they had answers like, itself. I don't know a cl- a closet, a room, just a VHS tapes. They'd cataloged these various ads. Why? Okay. They just really respected the art form of getting us to buy shit we do not need. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Samantha has the first segment. <laughs> which is not something she'll be jealous of at all because it is a miracle <laughs> but not a cool fun hilarious miracle like that time when jesus statue blinked 
Oh my god. Can we just get I'm just chasing the dragon of getting back to that segment. I cannot believe how much fun it was to talk about whether or not a Jesus statue blinked. <laughs> it, it was, was a good I time. think it was the reason that was so hilarious is is mostly because of the side by side photo of the like before and after the oh, blink. Absolutely. And it was just clearly the same. It could have been the same honestly the same photo just side by side where you're watching it like what you're squinting at the tv like is his eyes closed because <laughs> they look like, super open in both closed. of these pictures oh yeah that was and a here classic again yeah this one is very french yeah so, i don't know if we have any listeners in france but i would yeah. love to hear from you i this hope is, we don't because extremely french I'm going to pronounce everything <laughs> wrong. I am the worst person to have this this mystery because I can't pronounce anything. I can Half the time I can't even pronounce English words and it's my native, native language. I'm going to be really know, bad same. at saying these French words. So I well, apologize in advance. Good luck, Samantha. Thanks. Okay, so this is... I'm not sure if they classified this as a miracle or the unexplained. I don't remember, but it's a, a miracle. So we oh, are talking miracle. about Our Lady of L- of Lourdes, also known as the Miracle of Lourdes, and then a few cases in which people were miraculously healed at this uh, holy site. Uh, so Our Lady of Lourdes uh, began in February 1858. A teenage girl named Bernadette Sub. Sub- here we go. Subiris. Subiri. 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 Uh, anyway, her first name is Bernadette. She went with her sister and their neighbor to collect firework. Firework? To collect firewood? <laughs> Baby, you're a firework. No. Mm. They went to collect firewood after taking off her shoes and stockings to wade through the water near the grotto of... Massabile? She heard the sound of two gusts of wind. However, the trees around her and the bushes in the area didn't move despite hearing this wind. However, a small wild rose in like a natural niche of the grotto did move with this wind. <laughs> Somehow when you say it, it's much funnier. Like, <laughs> oh no, this was a miracle. A bush didn't move in the wind. Like, okay, gotcha. Got it. Yeah, are you are you blown away away by how miraculous oh, oh, this is? Yes, I am. I'm yeah. blown away by that wind. Get ready. So this is what she said. She said, "I came back towards the grotto and I started taking off my stockings. I had hardly taken off my first stocking when I heard the sound like a gust of wind. Then I turned my head towards the meadow and I saw that the trees were still." Whoosh. Thank That's you for the sound, the sound effects. effects. It really, it really enhances the story. Mm-hmm. She said that at this point she went on taking off her stockings, but she heard the same sound again and raised her head to look at the grotto where she saw a lady dressed all in white. She was wearing a blue girdle and a yellow rose on each foot. That was me. Sorry about it. <laughs> Fashion faux pas were made. Yeah, I don't know why I was wearing a rose on each foot. It's kind of weird, but I was trying something out. It didn't really work. <laughs> This is Liz time traveling to go uh, to Lourdes, France. I don't know that pe- we've really considered if we get access to time travel, how much of that is just going to be used for pranks? 
All of it. Oh, so annoying. Just time travelers popping into your house and being like, oh, hoy, hoy, and then <laughs> popping away. Oh. It does sound awful. Yeah, we oh. should never discover that technology. No, no, we can't handle it. So the woman held a rosary. Um, and so this obviously <laughs> frightened Bernadette. <laughs> Sorry, I'm scrolling. I'm like scrolling through my notes trying to see if this anything is exciting here. And none of it is. Yours seems so put out. She uh, had a rosary. She had rose feet. I don't know. It was a miracle. <laughs> so Bernadette made, tried to make this a sign of the cross, but she couldn't for some reason. Her hands were trembling. The lady Wait, smi- that doesn't sound like something good. You try to make the sign of the cross and you can't. I think it's because she was so frightened, but you're right. This doesn't this doesn't That bode sounds well. like this is this is the devil's work. That's what I say. <laughs> is this your theory? That this yeah. is the devil coming to Lourdes? Yeah. It really changes things. Oh, you might want to tell the church that. They're not gonna listen to me. They don't they can't handle the truth. <laughs> so the lady smiled and invited uh Bernadette to pray the rosary with her. She tried so after they left, this is that's all that happened, by the way. Uh, (laughs) yep just another one of my classic time travel pranks inviting a teenager to pray the rosary with you in a a grotto in in a yeah which by the way if you were like me and weren't exactly sure what a grotto is it's a natural or artificial cave caused by um a grotto is a natural or artificial cave used by humans in both modern times and antiquity uh Naturally occurring grottos are often small caves near water that are uh, usually flooded or they're liable to flood at high tide. Sometimes artificial grottos are used as garden features. So it's just like a cave with near water that has some water. In this case, in, in Lourdes, there's like a natural spring. So does it have to have like water in it? Is that what yeah. makes it a grotto? That's what makes it a grotto as, a, as opposed to just like a cave. All I can think of is the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. Is that what anyone else is thinking of? <laughs> They have like a cave you can like a fake cave you can swim in there. Oh, okay, yeah. And they yeah, call and it, it a grotto. Says, uh, a grotto can either be natural or artificial, so that's okay. a grotto. All right, there you go. That's legit. So they tried. So Bernadette wanted to keep this a secret, but her sister fucking narked and told their mom. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> their parents. Uh, according to the Unsolved Mysteries wiki, cross-examined them and then punished both Bernadette and her sister for telling this story. I don't know if they thought they were making it up or what, what the deal what was. What is but... to punish? We saw a woman and we did the rosary. How fucking dare you? No Xbox for a week. I think they assumed they were just like maybe lying, but I don't Why know. Why would you lie about that? We saw a woman and did the rosary? Look, I don't know what old-timey parents... I think they just looked for any excuse to hit their kids. I... See, again, the devil. You know who's causing this chaos in their household? Sounds Could have like been the st- devil. It doesn't sound like something like the Virgin st- Mary would do, but... No! Anyway, three days later, uh, Bernadette returned to the grotto. This time she brought with her holy water to test out if the apparition was of evil origin or not. Mm, so Smart, smart. Yeah. So she had the same idea as you, Liz. She said that the second time uh, she started to throw holy water in the Virgin Mary's direction. And at the same time, she said that if uh, the Virgin Mary came from God, she could stay. But if not, she must go. And the Virgin Mary smiled at her, 
bowed and then I guess hung around. So it was the Virgin Mary. <laughs> you want to do the rosary again or just like hang out for a bit? <laughs> I don't have an appointment till two, so I mean we could just chat or <laughs> hang out in this the chic grotto place. Yeah, so the, the lady uh, was thought to be the Virgin Mary, and she finally identified herself as, quote, the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The water is believed to have miraculous healing properties, and the Lord's Medical Bureau, which includes Catholic, non-Catholic, and atheist doctors and staff, examines reported cures to see if they are, quote, inexplicable and therefore miracles. So this is kind of wild. There's this medical bureau in this tiny town in France that like whenever like someone says that they were miraculously healed, they like do an investigation to see if it was a true miracle or not. And uh, that's I don't know why that's so wild to me, but it seems completely wild. I cannot tell you how badly I want to drink some of those water. (laughs) I mean, you could go. Lots of people make a pilgrimage to Lourdes to stand in line for I don't know how long. A long, it seems like a long line, and then like get to. Well, they let me. I don't know if you it? can bathe in it. It's it, apparently you can bathe in it, but I don't know if they they couldn't possibly let everyone bathe in it. That would seem like it would take forever. So maybe some people do, and some people get to just like dip their toe in it and move on. <laughs> okay, if you are in France, can you get me some of this water, please? <laughs> Are they going to smuggle it out in a little vial? Yeah. I don't think you can take the water. I want a little, like, yeah, I want a little vial of it. I want a little plastic bottle. It can be quite small. Smuggle it out. Ship it to me. (laughs) I want to drink it and see if I'm cured. Okay. I mean, I'm up for this. I'm up for this this uh, experiment for sure. But you realize anyone could send you any water and they could say it's from Lourdes and it might not be. How are you going to prove it's from Lourdes? Ask me postmark from France for one. Okay, and I mean that's a good start. I, I'll I'll just I'll just trust any of our French listeners to do the right thing. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of those little plastic fishes that like soy sauce will come in with your takeout sushi order, <laughs> and you just score it. Empty in your one mouth. of those out. <laughs> Empty one of those out. S- put that in the spring water. So, yeah, suck it up into the fish, and then send that to me. Do you think? So it, what they show in the Unsolved Mysteries is people making this pilgrimage. It's like seems like a, a parade, honestly. I mean, they could use more candy throwing, but otherwise <laughs> it seems fine. Where's uh, the giant Uncle Sam hats? What kind of parade <laughs> is this? Yeah, some glow sticks. I don't know. They they If they asked me, I would give them some ideas to zhuzh it up. But anyway, so you make mm-hmm. this parade. And then it seems like you take Holy Communion. And there, I'm sure there's a process. And there's probably like a priest has to like sprinkle the water on you. Do you think you can just literally drink it across across the globe and it would it would still work or do you think the process is important i i want to know i have this this written out do non-believers get healed i don't know how much of it is the water and how much is it like do i have can i be a heathen can i be my my can my heathen ass get healed from just drinking this water or do i need I i can't take communion i wasn't baptized in the catholic church Right. So, and I accidentally did take communion one time, and then a priest got really mad at me. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that again. You don't do that. You should just tell them you can buy the wafers on Amazon. Well, I'm sure they're not. 
Okay, at what point are they actually Jesus? Like, if I just buy the wafers on Amazon, I'm assuming they're just wafers. But at some point, they're like, Jesus's flesh. Look, I'm not Catholic. I was not even raised Catholic, so I could not tell you. But I'm sure there's a process. There's, you know, a cooking that goes on. I don't think they cook that. (laughs) They put it in the Jesus Easy Bake Oven and it comes out. And it's like, oh, now it's now it's of his flesh. Sure. Um, so yeah, I don't. I can't take the communion. I think that's sacrilegious, and I think I would have to like convert to Catholicism. And let's be honest, they're not going to want me. So <laughs> I just want to try a little of the water. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, I'm up for the experiment. I think it's. I think this is the t- the type of science that we should be doing because we're still in a pandemic, and if that water is gonna can cure people they should be shipping it all over the freaking world shouldn't they don't keep it to yourself france yeah i mean if if lourdes has this this miraculous water (laughs) that can heal you just by like dipping yourself in it why aren't we like why do we need a vaccine for covid why don't we (laughs) send everybody a little yeah fish squirty fish full of (laughs) this water yeah, set up a new like Evian bottling plant right over the the spring. Get that yeah. out. Get there out there. The fact so that they me- haven't done that tells me that they're the pro. Either the process is important, or you have to be a believer. They don't. They don't go into that in the episode, but there must be some. Because yeah, otherwise you should be bottling that shit shit up. We all need it. Give yeah. it to me. Give me the water. Give yeah. it to me. All right. So anyway, uh, up until July six, so this the first. So Bernadette first saw the Lady of Lourdes on February eleventh, eighteen fifty eight, and up until July, she had eighteen. Uh, she saw eighteen apparitions of the Lady. In nineteen thirty three, the Vatican declared that Bernadette was a saint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which did Bernadette do anything else? I mean, she saw the Virgin Mary. I think that's enough. That's enough to make you a saint. Yeah. Why? Did you see the Virgin Mary? No, but I also see? haven't done shit. <laughs> well, you didn't see the Virgin Mary. It seems like you should have to do like some good works. Maybe she did. I have no idea. Um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Go Keep keep going. Yeah. I want to know what else Bernadette did than just show up, dip her toes in some water and see the Virgin Mary. But You're so disrespectful. To should, good old- shouldn't you have to do something really good to be a saint? No, you not just exist just, and see the Virgin Mary. Sometimes you're a saint just because your body didn't decompose. Well, that doesn't. There's that, all sorts of reasons people are saints. Well, this is why I'll never be a saint. <laughs> so in the years since she, uh, oh, I should say this. So, okay, for some reason I didn't put this in my notes. Th- this like, there's a there was a stream that like miraculously appeared. It like apparently wasn't there and like. Bernadette saw the Virgin Mary, and then this like the stream appeared. Uh, so in the years since this stream appeared, millions of people have come to Lourdes to pray, reflect, and be healed by this magical water. Okay, wait a second, wait a second. So I'm reading up on Saint Bernadette, who apparently did become a nun. I don't know if that counts as good deeds for you, oh, but I'm, well, it's better than nothing. She had chronic health problems. She died at 35. What? How is this water healing? <laughs> so it'll heal everybody else except Bernadette? Yeah. Our Lady of Lourdes is a bitch. 
Yeah. She won't even heal Bernadette? Bernadette's coming 18 times and devotes her life to Christ? <laughs> and then dies at 35? Yep. All right. This whole thing is suspect. Not that it wasn't before, but it definitely is now. <laughs> Millions of people have come to the spring Bernadette uncovered for healing of body and spirit, but she found no relief from ill health there. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. That seems cruel. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Again, this might be the work of the devil. I'm not ruling it out. You know what? It's seeming more and more likely as we go <laughs> as we go on here. Unsolved Mysteries didn't mention that little part. All right. So the Lady of Lourdes also told Bernadette to ask clergy to build a chapel on the site. Lourdes now has an, an immense shrine complex that includes a basilica built right over the grotto where the lady appeared. And the Catholic Church has documented 69 miracles at, at Lourdes as of 2017. And I realize 69 sounds like a lot. <laughs> However, like thousands of people make a pilgrimage to Lourdes every year. So, but only 69 people have been miraculously cured. I realize if you have if you have some sort of like chronic health issue where there's no, there's no cure in sight, the doctors have done nothing for you. Maybe those odds seem good. <laughs> but if I'm thinking of like, is this truly like a miraculous like miraculously miraculous healing water? Only 69 people have been miraculously healed. Also, it's 69 people, and you're telling me it's not the devil? <laughs> All right. Okay. Sure. It's a good point. Evidence is mounting. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I don't think God would have picked the funniest number. <laughs> that doesn't seem like something God would do. So either that, either there's going to be 70 people as of, like, tomorrow, or this is the devil. <laughs> Well, we'll find out when you get that little vial of water. Uh, I can't wait. If you become the 70th, then we know it's God and you have to convert to Christianity. Uh, if okay. not, All then right. the devil is real. <laughs> I make this pledge. If someone sends me a vial of this spring water from Lords and I drink it and I am cured of my chronic health problems, I promise to devote myself to Christianity. You heard it, folks. With God as my witness. <laughs> if that happens, absolutely. My Con- life belongs to Christ. Considering we're constantly talking about the literal Christian devil, I mean <laughs> we don't we haven't devoted our lives to Christ, but it is that is funny to me because that implies that you believe in <laughs> like the, everything that's in the Bible. Um I I can't imagine a single other scenario where I would devote my life to Christ. But if that happens, I really will. All right. You heard it here, folks. Uh, Get them the water. Sneak into Lourdes. I don't know if they're still doing pilgrimages during COVID. Maybe it's real uh, light. There's not a lot of people around. So this might be your chance, actually, to sneak in. Get a little little vial of water. They're not not worried about COVID because they have healing water right there. So. I don't know. Only 69 people have been healed. So <laughs> people in these pilgrimages are getting COVID. Just b- b- bring a little pipette. And just suck up a little water. They won't yeah. They won't miss it. No, it's a spring, right? There's got to be more. Yeah. All right. So probably seems like we should be basically done with this segment, but we've, oh my God. we've just gotten started. It's so long. Why? Again, so, the devil. God would not allow this segment to be this long. <laughs> 
So Unsolved Mysteries profiles two women who were ill until they went to the healing waters of Lourdes. The first is Jean Fratel. And Jean seems like a nice woman. She's a nice lady. But she, she calls this an amazing adventure. And I'm not sure if that's just a, an issue with the translation or if she really thinks that this was an adventure. But Jean, you need you need to go on a trip or something. I you need a vacation to somewhere nice. I I'm not okay. sure what you went through wasn't what is what I would call an adventure, but this this woman seems like in my naive American boorish opinion, this woman seems to be the Frenchest woman who's ever lived. <laughs> and part of that is that she probably does not vacation anywhere outside of France. Oh, uh, so yeah. This is this is really as far as she's ever going to go. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So Jean Fratel, then at the time, 23, contracted a serious and mysterious illness. She was, I believe she was a nurse. And then she came down with this debilitating, horrible illness that she nearly died from. Uh, Part of what happened was that her abdomen grew rock hard and was painful to the touch. Sounds horrible. Blood came out of her nose, mouth, and intestines. And over an 11 year period, she underwent 13 different operations, but nothing helped. Ugh. Eventually, she was diagnosed with tubercula, tubercular peritonitis, which I think is TB of the, the GI tract. Oh, God. I Googled it. It sounds horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, on four occasions, her priest administered last rites. So, like, <laughs> multiple times they thought she was on her way out. Like, well, goodbye, Jean. It's been real. Yeah. And she's like, you again? Did we just do my last rites? And they're like, yeah, but you got to keep them up. You got to, <laughs> well, you know, you got to renew those last rites. The old ones don't work anymore. You must have to. Yeah. No, so, was, you have to be absolved of all sin right before you die. So if she had it, like, two weeks ago, she's probably sinned again. She probably you know, coveted her neighbor's croissant that looked really good. So now <laughs> so now she has to have the last rites all over again to make up for the sin the- I commit every day, coveting <laughs> croissants. That she, you know, committed the sin of sloth by sleeping till ten on a Sunday and she's like, Oh no, my sins. We absolve me. Oh no, my sins. <laughs> I assume that's how old people are, right? Oh no, my sins. She wasn't old though. She was. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't know, thirty at this point. Uh, anyway, uh, we hear we hear from her in, as an old lady, and for some reason, I'm picturing her that way, like throughout her entire <laughs> life story. <laughs> no, she's this. This started when she was 23. Which okay, ugh, okay, I can't even imagine. Uh, so anyway, several of, of Jean's friends convinced her to go to Lourdes. By the time she arrived arrived there on October 1948, she had been virtually comatose for three months. <laughs> this is so bad. Her bandages had to be changed 20 times a day. How is that even possible? I don't know, but what her condition seems grave. Due to this condition, she was taken immediately to the Rosary Basilica where mass was being held. Because they were basically like, we got this this woman is not gonna make it. We need to get a communion wafer in her mouth now. There's uh, one thing that can save this woman's soul, and it's <laughs> Jesus Christ's flesh. Open up her mouth with a spoon, which is what they did in the reenactment anyway. Father Rokes was one of the priests 
who was there and he tried to give her communion but she wasn't she wasn't able she was comatose i think or she was barely conscious and so with the help of a friend they pried her mouth open yeah with a spoon (laughs) and put a little chunk of communion wafer in between her lips i assume someone was there for the service eating a creme brulee and then they come in with this woman that desperately needs a communion wafer and literally needs her mouth pried open and they were like uh s'il vous plaît your your spoon and then they yeah they just like wedge it in there get her get her mouth open shove that wafer in can you imagine being on death's door like basically dead and someone's trying to shove something in your mouth (laughs) it honestly sounds grotesque however according to everyone who was there seconds later she awoke from her near comatose state yeah to scold everyone that would be me (laughs) What are you doing? I'm dying. This is weird. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Well, it worked. So jokes on you, Liz. I guess so. Then she was like, "Hand me that creme brulee. That looks real good." And Jean- that's, how, that's how they knew she was better. Sean was moved to the grotto where Bernadette had her vision. That night, she felt someone lift her to a sitting position. She turned around to to thank. She says to thank them for helping her sit up, but no one was there. The presence then took her hands and placed them on her stomach. And at this point, she felt immediately cured. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Soon, she was able to stand for the first time in years. She felt hungry and was able to eat without problems. I assume that was when she had her creme yeah, brulee. Yeah, that's when she had the creme brulee. And then she went and she got a baguette and she put butter in it and just a chocolate bar <laughs> and ate that. And she was like, oh, it's so good to be French and not dying. I assume that's exactly how it went. She was then taken to be bathed in the water a few hours later. The next day, a group of doctors came to examine her. And at this point, virtually every symptom of her illness had completely disappeared. That is very odd. She was released on November 1948 and returned to her home. In 1950, she took vows to become a Benedictine nun. And to this day, she shows no sign of illness and her recovery was was deemed a miracle by the church um and now she goes to lourdes often to help with those who are there um visiting um as you can imagine a lot of them are very ill people and so they need a lot of help and she volunteers her time kind of giving back and in this case she was um so we talked about the lourdes medical bureau i'm not sure if she was if her case was investigated by them they don't go into a lot of details but they do say that she traveled home to like her regular doctor who was an according to unsolved mysteries an atheist he examined her and could not find any like reason why she would like all of her symptoms or illness would just completely vanish um, and that he was amazed by it. So in this case, there was like at least some follow up by like a medical professional to like confirm the story. Um, the impression that I got was that this one was confirmed by that group and that the next one was not. But yes. I, that might not be accurate. No, that was the impression I got, too. It was a little unclear. Like, the way that right. the timeline is presented in some mysteries is a little confusing. Um, but, yeah, I think this one was very um, I found... Okay, so there's a part where she's, like, talking about what a miracle this was. And she says that, you know, they say that if you ask... Like, God will grant you. But I didn't even ask. I received without asking that she had, like, not prayed for her own health, I guess. But mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. Like, you, not only are you saying that this miracle happened, but also that you're like, and I couldn't, I would never even bring myself to ask God to help me. And yet he did. I was like, all right. 
What about all the people who are probably just constantly praying and find no relief? It's a little callous. I realize, like, good for you, Jean, but uh it's that's a little bit of a callous thing to say because i think most... lots of people pray day and night for like relief from horrible medical issues and they get nothing and she couldn't even be bothered yeah it it uh was sort of a definition of holier than thou where it's like all right Jean, carry carry on carry on bit. all right we got one more okay this is the story of lorraine echeverria she was 14 when she was struck with a mysterious illness. Uh, This was November 1975, and she was living in New Jersey. Doctors did tests on her, but were never able to figure out what was going on. Um, I'm not even really sure what her symptoms were. In the reenactment, we see her having to be, like, held up by two people in order to walk. Whatever she had going on was debilitating. Her family decided to take her to Lourdes in March 1976. Uh, Her mom is is bizarre to me i'm i maybe this is like i maybe i could be more open-minded or something but the idea that your child is like very very sick and then you're like i know what we need international travel well so her mom is interviewed for unsolved mysteries and her mom does say that when they got there like lorraine was in such a state that her her mom was like i can't believe i did this i can't believe i took this child to a, across the ocean on this trip where she's probably going to die like what have i done yes uh, so i don't yes! think you're alone in that that evaluation of the situation this is bizarre to me i assume they were just that desperate and they were believers so they thought that you know this is the our last hope we're gonna take her to this holy place and hope that this this healing water does something uh it, it doesn't sound like a good position to be in honestly i mean your child is dying and this is the only thing you can think to do uh sounds I'm, terrible i'm picturing myself in my in the line at lords i mean not speaking french and then they're like uh, Mademoiselle, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And me just being like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. They just send you back. Can I have some of the water, though? <laughs> yeah, they probably would be like, get the hell out of here. However, you say that nicely. Yeah. But, so- n- but not that nicely because you're French. You know? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so she arrived and her kidneys began to fail and she became began to have difficulty moving. While there, she had a strange dream in which she saw herself separated from her body, and she realized that she was there with another with a woman. The woman told her to go back to her body, but she did not want to because uh, she thought that she was dying. And Lorraine is she was also like that body. That body sucks. I'm not going back to that body. You gave me a sick, diseased body that barely works. Give me a yeah. better one. Well, and Lorraine is interviewed for Unsolved Mysteries, and she says that death sounded like relief to her. At the time. And so she has this dream and she's like, no, I don't want to go back to my body. Like, I would rather find relief, even if it means I'm I'm going to die, which is just a horrible thing for a 14 year old to have to go through anyone. But I mean, I can't imagine being 14. Uh, So the woman told her that she had to go back to her body because she, quote, had to tell people that he who is presumed to be Jesus still exists. At this point, uh, Lorraine wakes up, um, and then later she was bathed in the water as her mother stood by praying. Her mother felt uh, a release 
from her body uh, soon thereafter. And that night, her grandmother slept in the room with Lorraine. Sometime during the night, uh, Lorraine felt hungry. Um, or wait, was this her grandmother? Decided to get up and get something to eat. Oh, no, this was Lorraine. So she felt hungry. She wanted to get up and get something to eat. And after getting up, she realized that her pain was finally gone. Somehow, she had almost instantly recovered. Uh, And she is free from illness to this day. However, in this case, a medical examination was not done after her visit. And so the Catholic Church can't recognize what happened to her as a miracle. Um, But Lorraine is certain that she received a miracle at Lourdes. I find it strange that she's just like, and then I never went to a doctor ever again. Like, huh. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm glad you're better, but. Hmm. Yeah. I would think after all of that, you'd go to a doctor and be like, so I'm fine now. But I mean, I guess she doesn't have to because she's good. Yeah. I guess. Like, are my kidneys still failing? You want to just like, just do some (laughs) blood work. Yeah. I mean, I I feel better, but could you just like make sure I'm no longer dying? Yeah, I mean, it's what I would do, but Lorraine seemed fine. Uh, we don't have, I, I pulled up the Unsolved Mysteries wiki to see if there were any updates in either of these cases. Like, I'd like to see, like, did Lorraine live to be 100? Um, is she still alive today? But I, I, I have no idea. We'll assume yes, because she was miraculously healed. Maybe she's going to live to be like 500 or whatever, like Moses. Maybe. I guess I could. You know how every, everybody in the old the Old Testament of the Bible got to be really old? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she is dead, I think. At least I found an obituary for someone named Lorraine Echeverria. Oh, sorry, Lorraine. 74. Not bad. When she died. I don't know if this is the same person. Oh, she was from New Jersey. So this might be the same one. They don't mention a trip to Lourdes. What? They don't mention being featured on Unsolved Mysteries? What kind of old bit is Oh, no. That? This is her. Okay. This has to be her because she, it says, in lieu of flowers, contributions may be made in Lorraine's memory to the Lourdes pilgrimage, oh. Lorraine's group. Oh. So, yeah. She died at the age of 74 in 2015. Hmm. So, there you go. Thanks, Lords. She didn't leave, live to be a uh, five hundred, but she lived to be seventy four, which is respectable. I mean, they thought she was only going to live to be fourteen, so yeah, pretty good. She had so she's survived by her husband and three children. Hmm. She went on to have three children. So, all right. Well, get me that water. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think <laughs> the only way to test this is to send Liz a small vial of this water from Lourdes. So, if you can help us with that. Uh, please do get in touch get in touch okay so our next one is an unexplained death and it starts out with robert stack saying the following it begins with an innocent evening out suddenly you become aware that someone is watching you then he is following you and your car every move you make he makes you are being stalked only later do you learn that it was your license plate that apparently triggered the stalker and led to a deadly encounter this is spooky right up until the license plate thing and then it's immediately silly but it does uh bring to mind five-year-old liz sitting in the (laughs) living room watching robert stack in a trench coat in like the fog in front of like a car saying like 
someone is watching you. In the <laughs> you night. are being stalked. And I'm just going, I'm pretty sure the husband did it. So <laughs> not worried. Um, this is actually a very scary story. Uh, this is just one of those rare, totally random acts of violence that makes everybody super paranoid. So this story took place April 29th, 1991, uh, when a few friends got together for drinks in the suburbs of San Jose. One of those people was Dick Hansen, um, and he was there with his friend that Unsolved Mysteries calls Gene, which honestly is kind of confusing because we just had a Gene, but anyway. So Gene tells us that Dick was in a great mood that night. He had just finalized a tough divorce, and she says that he had a new lease on life. So he was in high spirits. At uh, 1 a.m., Dick and Gene left together. Um, Dick was driving Gene's car. And at 1.30 a.m., they got to the restaurant in San Jose where Dick had left his truck. They had, like, driven to the second location um, together. So he, like, brings her back to the she brings him back to his truck and they're sitting in jean's car for a while and at least in the reenactment they're basically like talking about whether they should go somewhere and do it i don't know if that's actually <laughs> what was happening but they were just like sitting in the, the car chatting and um but to be fair it was 1 30 in the morning so yeah, maybe that is accurate <laughs> uh, so they were talking about when they would see each other again when a car pulled up behind them um, they were the, the only vehicles on the street, and Gene assumed that this driver was dropping something into a nearby mailbox. However, he just sat there and watched them. Very creepy. And they were kind of unnerved, but also like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so Dick got into his truck, and the plan was that Gene was going to follow him home. Um but what happens is immediately the other driver, this creeper in the other car, begins to follow them. He followed them through, like, they do a reenactment of them on the highway, like, changing lanes and, like, trying to lose this guy. And he follows, um, specifically, Jean's car very closely. And, like, no matter what she does, he is right behind them for 10 miles. At one point... Um, Jean changed lanes and and slammed on her brakes to try to like trick him, but the the creeper driver did that as well. So Jean yelled to Dick that they should go to a police station, but unfortunately Dick couldn't hear her, and he said, "Take the next exit." So she quickly followed him to the exit, and unfortunately, so did this other driver. So they finally stop, and the car pulled up right behind them. So now we also get a reenactment of Dick going to talk to this other driver. And according to Gene, he says something like, what do you want? Or it might have been like, what are you doing? Or something like that. She couldn't quite hear. And the driver points to the back of Gene's car. And at this point, Dick yelled what we were told is, get the blankety blank out of here. Because, you know, no swearing. Um... So now that things have escalated, Jean jumps back into her car only to hear the pop pop noise of a gun. At this, then she realizes that Dick has been shot. Jean gets out of her car, and the driver, her and the driver, just like lock eyes and stare at each other for about 10 seconds. Yeah, this is weird. So terrifying. And then he just peels off. 
So Gene runs over to Dick. His eyes were half closed and he wasn't breathing. Gene tries to revive him, but unfortunately, by the time paramedics arrived, he it was too late. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. He left behind two daughters aged 11 and 13. So this is so random and so terrifying. The only theory that they have about this is that this total rando just objected to Gene's 49ers themed license plate. This is so strange. And that this was like some sort of fan hostility. And the the other part of the reason behind that, well, okay, so he gestures. Dick is like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you following us? And this guy gestures to Gene's license plate, which was, I don't know if it had like one of those things that goes around it that was like 49ers. I think actually she had like a customized license plate that was like, love 49ers or something like that but also dick played college football so he like looked like a football player so they were wondering if like this guy thought he played for the 49ers and he was a disgruntled sports fan the thing is there's no update on this yeah this is odd i think the license plate said 49ers hugs oh yeah no you're right yes which i and okay look i don't watch football i'm not a sports person at all but it took me a minute to realize what they were talking about like if i saw someone with the license plate 49ers hogs i don't know that i would immediately put that together with the football team well you're also not such a deranged fan that you might go around shooting people this is a good point i mean obviously he's gonna get it but the this is such a stretch though like he could have it could have really been anything. I don't know how seriously to take that claim that has something to do with the license plate. He literally might have just been gesturing towards the car. Towards like, her, maybe. Or, like, you guys cut me off. Like, this could just be a road rage thing that they're, like, totally unaware of. Maybe on the way to Dick's truck, they cut him off, right? Yeah. And now this guy's just furious and follows them all this way and ends up shooting him. Like... There are other road rage incidences like that. I don't know how seriously to take him pointing in that direction to mean it has something to do with the license plate. And just the fact that this guy like once played college football, like if this guy is so into sports that he's going to shoot people over it, wouldn't he know that he wasn't one of the guys? (laughs) You would think. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Okay, so I find this whole idea, like, very creepy, very scary. And I asked on Twitter, like, given this vague plot synopsis of you just getting, you know, trailed in your car by a random stranger that, like, escalates. If that had been made into a horror movie after this Unsolved Mysteries segment aired is what I was looking for. Because if you remember, we did that segment a while ago that ended up being the beginning of Jeepers Creepers, basically. Mm -hmm. It was like a shot by shot. It was this woman driving down like a country road and she sees this incredibly creepy, like I think like a bloody cloth. She sees this like very creepy scene happen out the window and then has to turn around like, wait, what did I really see that? And that's the opening of Jeepers Creepers is basically this like shot for shot thing from Unsolved Mysteries. So I was wondering if something similar had happened here because I think that this, this is a very scary idea. Yeah. That you would end up getting followed at night by someone so unhinged that they would shoot you over yeah either the 49ers or like a traffic violation or something 
So people on Twitter gave me some suggestions, but they were basically just like horror movies that involved cars. Most of them didn't seem like that on target. Okay, so one person suggested the horror movie Urban Legend or Urban Legends. I can't remember. It came out in maybe 98, 99. Oh, okay. It's got Jared Leto in it and Alicia Witt. But, so I, and that movie was streaming. I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Um, has nothing to do with this at all. <laughs> there's like the thing where someone's in the back of your car. Oh, that's not this. There's, no, there's that's never a like part every where- every horror get- movie, isn't it? No! <laughs> yes! And they had a thing about that urban, actually, I think we've talked about this, that urban legend where if you like flick your brights, like some gang member is going to- Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like gang initiation. That was in there. But nothing about just, like, a guy following you in his car until he kills you. That wasn't in there at all. Well, so if, then so I if you're a movie like, producer, you we got an idea for you right here. If you have a better suggestion of a movie that you think could have been inspired by this case, I would like to hear it. Because, frankly, that one was pretty bad. I'm not impressed with that suggestion. I was like, oh... This movie is terrible, and I just watched it for no reason. So that's the extent of the research I did on this segment, which, frankly, was more than I should have done. Well, yeah. I mean, you watched a whole movie, so I'm impressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer that one be. wasn't solved, but there's also literally nothing. They have a sketch yeah. that's... I mean, it was dark out, and she only saw him in a rear, her rear view mirror, so who knows how accurate that okay. sketch is. I'm looking at the sketch right now. For some reason, like, they put a lot of work into the eyes and glasses, and then the lower face of the mouth is, like, not... The lower face and mouth is, like, not filled in. <laughs> it basically looks like a light-skinned Steve Urkel. <laughs> I, no wonder they didn't solve this one. Yeah, I don't think... There's no way she got a good look at him. Apparently, his car looked like a 1970 Pontiac GTO Le Mans. Okay. So two-door coupe. The light gray or blue paint. I mean, that's like nothing to go on at all. Yeah, and it was dark. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it sucks, but I'm not that surprised they didn't solve it because who knows why this guy shot them? Yeah, and it's that's part of what's scary about these totally random cases. Even though I just want to like emphasize that stuff like this does not happen very often. Um, but yeah, it's like how would you ever find this person? It's random. Yeah, like it's just some guy out there somewhere. Like, yeah. how are you going to track him down? He has no. See, if he, if someone has no real motive, it's like, well, unless he comes in and confesses, good yeah. luck finding him. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, we have one more, and it's a lost love. Just for you, my dear. Just for me. I always, I always get the lost loves. I love them. All this right. is another another tornado related lost love. Not our first. <laughs> yeah, strangely, not the first tornado lost love. So we are looking for uh, Vernacy Bradford, sixty-eight-year-old Ruby Bradford. Uh, Ruby Bradford McDaniel has five children, fifteen grandchildren, and twenty-one great-grandchildren. I'm tired just hearing those numbers. <laughs> However, despite being the matriarch of such a big family, she still misses the one person whom she hasn't seen in over 75 years. Her young sister, Vernacy. I mean, this is sweet, but she also like never interacted with this person at all. No. She's, she, 
So I, I understand that she wants to find her. I don't know that she could really say she misses her. Is that <laughs> That's rude? True. Is That's that true. rude? Unsolved Mysteries really made it seem like, despite sh- this being the matriarch of this huge family, it will never be complete until she finds her sister, which is, like you said, sweet. But her sister has lived a whole 75-year life. Yeah, you have never spoken to this person. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different than some last loves we've seen. But, I mean, it's oh, still well. sweet. It's still sweet. All right, in 1915, in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, Mac and Ruth Bradford owned a small farm on the edge of town where they lived with their two children. Uh, their children were Ruby and Buster, which seems like names for dogs. But Yeah, see, look, not everybody <laughs> should have children. And I think that proves it right there. They, they, they're they not responsible enough to name children. Those are dog names. Those are not children names. Buster. Literally Buster. Ruby is passable as a human name. Buster. Not quite. Buster. Okay. Yeah. I'm All not right. sure if it was a nickname or if his literal name, the name on his birth certificate was Buster. It's the only name we're giving. So I, I can only assume it was his g- given name. <laughs> All but, I can think about is in No Scrubs when they're like also known as a Buster. <laughs> I assume people said that to him all the time. I assume so. Yeah. So Ruth was six months pregnant with Vernacy at the time. And then one afternoon, uh, Mac heard thunder. I can't not think of your husband. <laughs> this guy's yep. name was Mac. Yep, it was him. It was it him, was him. Tra- traveling through time, having families getting destroyed by tornadoes and yep. then going on to, to father 12 more children does that oh seem like oh my god no <laughs> does that seem like your husband not so much i hope not <laughs> he has time he has a whole second large time travel family is what you don't know you know what i don't know that <laughs> you're right so back heard thunder and looked out the window to see a tornado barreling towards the farmhouse like fucking <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Like it seems like it was literally coming just right for them, which yeah. which rude. Tornado. Which, I guess we we live in a time where tornado warnings will pop up on our phones. So it's it's hard to imagine a time when you would look out your farmhouse to just see a tornado barreling towards you. I just go, "Oh fuck." But yeah, yeah that yeah. seems like something out of yeah, a Wizard of Oz movie, but it, this is real life and it happened to these people. So the Bradfords uh, ran to a nearby field where Mac laid his family down and then climbed on top of them and held onto a guard post. <laughs> I would not think that would work. Well, it kind of didn't. So Ruby believes uh, that they would all have been killed if they had stayed in the farmhouse. That tornado did kill 10 people and injured 45 more and did $4 million in damage. Uh, the guard post was practically the only thing still standing in, like, the whole town. Although the farmhouse was rebuilt, the Bradfords would suffer additional tragedy. During the tornado, Ruth was severely injured when she was struck by a wooden beam. And a few months later, uh, while trying to recuperate, she came down with yellow fever and went into premature labor. The past sounds terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Uh, She unfortunately passed away just hours after giving birth to Vernacy. The next day... uh, She had to uh, interrupt churning butter to die. (laughs) 
how many of those like weeks of having yellow feeler do you think she like worked from sun up to sundown oh my god probably a lot of them oh. horrible horrible so ruby was seven and she was shocked and confused uh as someone as people came and took vernacy away Later, Mac explained to her and Buster how they had uh, (laughs) lost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's really hard to say the name Buster without laughing. Also known as a Buster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he explained to his children how they lost Ruth and that Vernacy was taken to be cared for by another family. She was adopted by Mr. and Mrs. Logston, who also lived in Murfreesboro. Um. Logston is a fake name. We can all agree on that. (laughs) It kind of feels like it. Uh, Buster Logston. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that name. Uh, So Mr. Logston was an attorney and his wife was a nurse. That's all all we know about them. Three years later, Mac took Ruby and, and Buster on a surprise visit to the Logston home. Uh, Vernacy was at the window and they waved at each other. Sadly, this was the last time they ever saw her. Did they do that before in the three years? Or they literally drove by her window one time for some reason? It seems like they did it once as far as the way that's the way Unsolved Mysteries made it, made it sound. Even though they were in the same town. I Look, I don't know. They're, he was like, we can't spare the oats to, to have the, the, the horse drag us by that window. It's just it's just three blocks away. Can't do it. Okay, a few weeks later, Mac received a photograph of Vernacy in the mail. Uh, when she was six, the Logstons moved away and they never heard from the family ever again. Eventually, Mac remarried and, like I said, had 12 more children. He really liked having children. Yeah. He passed away in 1984 at the age of 92. Ruby is still hoping to find Vernacy and reunite with her, uh, with her and all of their siblings. Uh, this case is solved. Viewers tips led Ruby to find Vernacy, whose name was changed to Mary Pernacy Logsdon. I guess they didn't Why? want to call her Vernacy Pernacy. <laughs> Oh, well, that's fair. I was like, did they change it to Pernacy because it rhymes? But that's her middle right. name, and I'm not sure if I wonder was if her, they... her name at one point Vernacy Pernacy. That might be why they changed it to Mary. I can only speculate, but they were like this baby was was named by a woman dying of yellow fever. It doesn't make sense. Vernacy <laughs> Pernacy. Uh, yeah. Oh, sad. She passed away in a tragic accident in the 1940s. Oh. This is the Unsolved Mysteries curse. Uh, however, she did have several children who have been uh, reunited with, with Ruby. Ruby passed away in 2006 at the age of 99. Wow. So Ruby didn't befall. The, the Unsolved Mysteries curse didn't befall Ruby, but it did. Uh, Bernacy Pernacy. Oh, Bernacy Pernacy. <laughs> I should we should not laugh at real people's names, but that is kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, I guess we shouldn't, but sorry. It really, it. it really wasn't really her. Her name was was Mary <laughs> most of her life, so I'm not sure if she would say that Vernacy was her name. So, pr- am I making a, up an excuse <laughs> to laugh at the name Vernacy Pernacy? Yes, I am, but. <laughs> She definitely wouldn't say her name was Vernacy Pernacy. <laughs> I'm, sure yeah. I'm 
sure she would. That family, those, that Mr. and Mrs. Logsdon looked at that name and were like, this girl is going to be bullied within. Yeah, we can't, we can't send this girl to school with the name Furnacy Pernacy. This is why you can't let women with deadly fevers name babies because they don't make any sense. <laughs> and then those babies are stuck with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we don't get a we don't get a reunion, so kind of what's the point of any of this? Yeah, I don't know, and I'm also not sure. So, I Unsolved Mysteries Wiki says it's solved, and the viewers' tips led Ruby to find Vernacy. However, I can't tell if they actually if she actually met her or if she just learned of her passing and met her children i'm not sure whoever wrote the unsolved mysteries wiki mm-hmm. wasn't as thorough on this one as they were in some of the others but that's okay I we still that. appreciate you whoever's out there writing unsolved mysteries wikis and making our lives easier yes thank you oh uh, okay that's the end of that episode thank finally. goodness because i feel like we spent way more time on that than that episode deserved but absolutely i guess i kept going on tangents about miracle water so <laughs> That'll happen. Let's rate this. Even though my last note for this is literally in all caps, this episode sucks. It did. It did. But we can rate it. It's what we do. Um, Our first category is mysteriousness. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say kind of mysterious. Mostly based on my mystery, but that one was I, mean, mysterious. I also and- don't know what cured those people that seem like incredibly ill, right? So... I, I would say, actually, despite being uh, boring and not very good, it is mysterious. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that I'm not sure about this miracle water. However, both of these people were about to die. Like, I think Jean, one of them, like, their doctor had a casket go with them yes. on their trip to Lourdes. That's how they like, sick they were. They were like, you can go to Lourdes, just be sure to bring your own coffin, bitch. Jean was sick for 11 years <laughs> and then was not and went on to live to be like what 75 or whatever so that's mysterious like whether you think the miracle water is real or not that's mysterious to me imagine loading your own coffin onto a train oh my god well she didn't have Oops. to she was comatose but a coffin <laughs> went with her so glamorous and also yeah this car shooting thing very mysterious very scary so i'm gonna give a thumbs up for mysteriousness what's our next category reenactments i actually think the car reenactments of the car chase were very good they were creepy yeah i think they were done well i don't know about the miracle reenactments yeah i don't think those were all that great no but i'm still gonna give it a thumbs up because i think the car chase ones are good they were good. Um, and the, I think the tornado ones were decent. They're, they used actual footage of tornadoes, so that kind of enhanced it. So <laughs> They didn't like make a CGI tornado that clearly would be pretty bad. I think that would have been very bad, so they that was a good call. Yeah, thumbs up. Fashion is our next category. Unremarkable. Were there uh, any mustaches? There were some mutton chops. There were some. Uh, there you, were some modern chops on Mac, the but... actor who plays who plays young Mac, uh, time Liz's time traveling husband. He had these mutton chops that were like I don't know they were like squares on the bottom and then got skinnier as it went towards his hair. Yeah, I didn't actually record any mustaches. I only recorded that, and I just wrote down epic facial hair. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Do I name mutton chops? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. They were yeah. like weirdly geometric. I'm gonna just call them pass the mutton. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I don't know about fashion. Nothing really stood out to me. No, thumbs down. Um, and then Robert Stack he was decent, actually. He was. I actually think he did a really good job introducing my mystery. He had a quote that I thought in the in the Lourdes mystery. He said, "For those who believe in God, no explanation is necessary." For those who do not believe in God, no explanation is possible. It's very true. Yeah. Poetic. Well it stated. Is. I'll yeah. give Robert Stack a thumbs up for this one. Some good he brings some gravitas to this episode. He's in at one point he's in some some blue fog. Oh, he loves blue fog. You can't yeah. get him out of You know, if Robert Stack had made his own men's cologne, it would have been called blue fog. <laughs> Damn, he sh- really should have. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Let's get in touch his, with Robert Stack's cologne. State. Maybe they want to. His next cologne, though, Solid Gold Yacht. That one's <laughs> not very good. No, I'm not sure that one's going to sell very well. It's it's very it's very screechy, to use a perfume <laughs> word. So screechy. Is um, that a perfume word? I don't yeah. wear perfume because it gives yeah. me migraines. So I don't know this. Screechy? What, Who came yeah. up with that? What does that uh, even mean? Does that mean it's loud? It means it's like... I can't really even explain it. It's like if you know, you know. If you uh, don't, you don't. It's like a high pitched scent. It makes no fucking sense. Like a really, really sharp lemon. Okay. If that Hmm. helps. Oh, I learned something today. It doesn't really help, but I kind of get it. I'm going to be sure to just douse on some extra perfume when I see you. Bring on those migraines. How about that? Please don't. Um, <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> Let's see. Is that it? Is that all those categories? I think we just have to give it a number on our Robert Stack scale. A one, a one and a half, a two. I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, let's give it a two. I actually I think a two is fair. I wish the car mystery was in a better episode. It's not strong enough to carry this episode, but it's not bad in and of itself. This miracle, considering we've had some that we really enjoyed, like the Jesus statue blinking, this miracle is boring as hell. And it's so long. It's extremely long. Also, they have this extremely as a as a whole. Uh, this episode, they have an extremely long miracle and then an extremely long update. That that guy who moved to the country and had the horses, but he was a con man. Oh yeah, who whoever turned it, turned in that weed guy, shame on you. Whoever watched Unsolved Mysteries and then turned that guy in, the the city slicker turned pot farmer, tisk tisk. Yeah, stop being um, narks. He was just trying to have his fancy horses and. And grow tons of pot. And I don't know. It seemed like he was doing a good job. Y'all ruined it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. A, t- a two, I think, is fair. Yeah, I'm never going to watch sucked. this again. But I will be a little bit freaked out that maybe someone is going to follow my car and shoot me. Yeah. Also, you can name your first child Vernacy Pernacy. And then my second child Buster. <laughs> Buster Pernacy. <laughs> I will not be doing any of those things. <laughs> All right. We're at the the recommendation. I'll segment. say the good part about taking some time off is now I have a backlog of recommendations. Nice. So exciting. Now I'm not like scrambling. Oh, Curtis. You're not, you're not me recommending Instagram accounts for squirrels. 
why is that bad? That sounds that's a solid recommendation. But <laughs> me sitting here while you're doing your recommendation, scrolling through my phone, going, "What can I recommend?" Oh, the squirrel. <laughs> it's like the teacher is coming around to check your homework, and you're like literally trying to do it right then. That's you're how like, it feels. You're like, okay, if I just write down two plus two five times, it'll look like I tried. Um. My recommendation is something that I absolutely, absolutely loved, and that is the Halston miniseries on Netflix starring Ewan McGregor. I just think it's so good, and I can't stop thinking about it. It is the the, the rise and fall of the historic fashion designer of the 70s, Halston. He is kind of forgotten. He was very, very powerful and influential for like a brief shimmering moments of the 70s uh and is and probably has influenced more things than you realize but uh his legacy kind of got destroyed by some bad business dealings and also his um early aids related death Mm. he's another one of those people that was taken from us too soon and that probably made the world a worse place but I absolutely loved watching this. I mean, it it feels like it was custom made for me. It is the combination of vintage fashion, Ewan McGregor, and bitchy insults. And it's just like... (laughs) It was custom made for you. There's only five episodes. I could have watched it forever. I feel like the acting is just phenomenal. I think it's so good. All the sets, all the costumes, just amazing. And it's just this little window into like Studio 54 and his friendship with Liza Minnelli and yeah, his influence on fashion as like a minimalist and someone who is actually interested in making clothes for women that were comfortable, which was this like radical idea. He is also the person he like got his start as, um, what do you call it? Haberdasher making mm. hats. So he made the, um, iconic pillbox hat for Jackie Kennedy but then as people stopped wearing hats he sort of transitioned into a fashion designer and um he also made perfume and stuff like that but um oh it's just so good the acting is so good I love it so much it's a Brian Murphy thing and I think he's does such better projects when they're based on real life sure because they can't totally go off the rails <laughs> and i think when he is in charge of the storyline eventually it just like totally loses the plot but i loved this i loved um that people versus oj simpson a few years back that was so good that was um, really good i only recently watched the season of feud which is the um joan crawford betty davis um okay. feud and i loved that too i had been waiting and waiting for it to show up on hulu or something and i just eventually caved and paid for it and it was totally worth it the acting in that too is just like it's incredible it's jessica lang as is joan crawford and betty davis oh it's susan sarandon as betty davis and obviously they're just like both amazing and i love the idea of now i'm just on a tangent but i love the idea of doing feuds as a story yeah like, instead of a love story a hate story i just like that's way more entertaining it really is that these two people just absolutely hated each other <laughs> just for being like professional rivals and stuff like that but yeah that was really enjoyable but i absolutely recommend watching the halston thing i cannot believe what a great job like i love you mcgregor and i'm still very impressed 
if you've watched a lot of Ewan McGregor things, you might know that sometimes he really can't stop sounding Scottish. <laughs> but that is not an issue in this. I was okay. pleasantly surprised. It might be because Holliston has kind of an affected way of speaking. Um, oh, sure. So maybe he like, I don't know, maybe that helps. But he actually really does sound like Holliston. You can watch clips and and it was like, oh, yeah, he did talk like that. You remember, like, learned how to drape fabric and, like, kind of how to sew to make this movie. Wow, I'm you impressed. Can you can tell because he'll, like, there's this one part where he's, like, draping fabric on Liza Minnelli to make her a dress. And he just, like, does that on the camera. And you're just wow. like, oh, wow. Yeah, so cool. And it's got great music. And uh, uh. So I think we could all learn a little about extravagance he was spending thousands and thousands on orchids every year oh my god that would because... be me as a rich person <laughs> i know because you can't put a price on inspiration samantha yeah well you he's can't. just he's constantly smoking and wearing this amazing red coat and talking about how he just needs a teensy weensy million dollars <laughs> <sighs> i love it so much amazing that's a really so good recommendation fun. we should you take ha- months off at a time yeah you, oh, you should watch it. You should watch it for the orchids alone, Samantha. Well, that's enough for me. Yeah, exactly. What's your recommendation? I'm recommending a book that a lot of our listeners listeners may either have already read or is on their list uh, because it's by a very popular author. But it just came out and I read it and I really liked it. And it is Andy Weird's new book, Project Hail Mary. Okay. Uh, so Andy Weird is the author of The Martian, wildly popular sci-fi book. I don't know when that came out. 2002. 14 maybe earlier i'm not i don't remember um but obviously there's a movie adaptation both the book and the movie of the martian are really good actually um which is rare obviously yeah uh but then andy Weir wrote a second book called artemis which people fucking hate <laughs> that book is like universally loathed i read it i thought it wasn't good but it wasn't terrible he uh uh make some problematic choices i think in it like the, um. he tries to add some diversity but every character just sounds like the main character in the martian who's a white dude um so it's not a great book uh so it's and, and everyone pretty much universally agrees that book is not good um but so he, <laughs> poor guy <laughs> so i feel it, bad i do feel bad for him a little bit too like you can tell he you know the, the martian his debut novel was wildly successful and he clearly like most people wants to try something new and he did and got real slapped down for it uh i mean it's not you know he's not innocent of it he could have made some better choices but sure yeah, uh yeah. but it, it, it was mark marked contrast <laughs> between his first and second book so he has this third book out just came out and it is clearly andy weir going back to what he does best which is hard sci-fi uh dude stranded in space is like the basic synopsis of this book and damn he really does do that very well uh this book is really good i actually think i like it more than the martian Mm. um because it has more, I, I would say, and it's been a while since I've read The Martian, but it has like more science fiction in it, I think, which is clearly up, it's up my alley. But Andy Weir is really good at writing in an accessible way. So if you're not a person that loves hard sci-fi, which is a hard genre to like, it's not for most people. And I often don't recommend hard sci-fi books because they're not really for most people. Um, but the, he doesn't write like that. He writes in a way that I think would appeal to lots of people whether or not you like science fiction or not generally Hmm. um and this book uh is a a lot like the martian but kind of in a i think it's in a good way like he 
he does all the same things that he does well in that book in this book but it's a it's a very different plot and there's a twist halfway through um that if you've read the book you know what i'm talking about uh where like the book goes in my opinion goes from okay to really good Mm. and because like honestly the the first part of the book i was kind of like okay this feels a little like the martian and and in a few places it's almost like he's trying a little too hard where he's like trying to be funny um that's the other thing that he he does really well like that's what people liked about the martian is it was science fiction but it was humorous um and there was a few times in the beginning of this book where i was like all right i get it (laughs) i get what you're trying to do this is fine um but then there's this twist happens and i'm i was all in i was like i forgot all about the things that annoyed me about the first half and i just just completely enthralled by the second half it's really really good not like anything i've read before in science fiction the basic premise of the plot is um it's like an it's like a pre-apocalyptic novel it's it's the type of novel where like there's some sort of existential threat that's discovered um that's like threatening to end life on earth and all of like people have to come together and science their way out of it um and that's what spawns this project hail mary basically they discover that there's something killing the sun and um the entire world has to has to pool their resources to come together and put together this project hail mary which the main character is involved in and ends up uh, leading to him being stranded in space Will um, that character be played by Matt Damon in the movie? I hope not, because I think that would just, I would only be able to think of Matt Damon's character in The Martian, so I really hope not. But you know what's really funny is, like, when you're first introduced to this character in the book, they go on it at length by how, like, buff he is. So he wakes up from this coma and there's like, he, yeah, he has most people that wake up from comas wake up really buff. Well, so this is why it's weird because first of all, the way he looks basically doesn't factor into anything else in the book. Like there's actually like, so like, it's not really that important what people look like, but for some reason, when they introduce this character multiple times, he comments about how surprised he is that he's so buff and handsome. And I think that's literally probably only so they can cast like a hot dude as the main character in the movie or something. I was reading that. Like, is this just setting us up for a movie adaptation where they use Brian Reynolds or someone to play no, his character it's, it's literally gonna be matt damon he was like i just can't believe that i have these abs and also that i'm from south boston and people <laughs> were like well it's in there it's in the text because this well and that's tr- i think this is why because the character in the book is middle-aged he's kind of like a he has dad humor because he's like this dad character he's a high school science teacher he's kind of dorky he won't swear but for some reason he's super buff after waking up okay, in his coma yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be matt damon that's, that's going to be matt damon it's so they can cast a matt damon character in his role it has to oh, be oh my god so it's a little bit silly that's why i'm saying the beginning of the book the book is a little bit silly but i i promise if you stick with it uh you will be hooked and you will be very invested by the characters that come later in the book um I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's a long book and I wasn't sure if I was going to going to stick it out at first, but I, I did end up really liking it. And I would say like if I had to give it a star rating, it would be like a 4.5. I don't know if it'd be a five because there are some parts where I was like, well, I'm not really on board, but you wish there were more descriptions of the, ab- the abs. It could have used more. It was really just at the very beginning. 
I don't know if he remained buff throughout the entire the entire journey. That's not ever explained. Um, yeah. How did the water glisten on him when he showered? I These just, are things we 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 could have used. We could use more explanation. I just think it's hilarious because in so many movies, Mad Damon is supposed to be like just this average guy who delivers bread, but also clearly works out three hours a day. <laughs> so it yeah. So here we go. He seems yeah. like so unnecessarily buff that he like can't walk sometimes <laughs> it's like well he's gonna be bad at delivering bread because all of those muscles are just for show um oh my goodness this episode is way too long we gotta pull it to a close i think we gotta we gotta wrap it up we gotta let's okay everyone do us a solid subscribe to this podcast give us if you actually want us back you better give us a five-star review otherwise we might really quit so we might for real this time think about it okay and then there's social media there's the website perhaps it's you.com there's uh, you could email us a story of something that happened to you that has to do with a show like you saw a ghost or something that's perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com if you have a few extra dollars burning a hole in your pocket you can head over to patreon patreon.com slash perhaps it's you perhaps it's you might be spelled wrong so you need might need to <laughs> Yep. go to the website yep. and use the search function sure is sure very is. professional operation we're running here but if you pay us a dollar you'll get an ac- access to over 40 bonus episodes including our latest episode in which i solved the mystery of werewolves it's true we won't tell you what the solution is here but i'm pretty sure samantha figured out werewolves are and i'm impressed and also you they need to pay a dollar to find out the truth about werewolves there might be werewolves in wisconsin everybody watch out there might be okay That's it. We're done. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.